0: Hey everyone, just a reminder that People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos is brought to you by Found Item Clothing, funnyslippers.com and AudibleTrial.com slash PGTTCM. Check them out online. It's all good. Alright, on with the show. Today on People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos, we will be talking about Byron Craft's book Shoggoth, and we will also be talking about Lynn Carter's Zothic Cycle. Although we didn't really discuss it, last episode was kind of in the timeline we're talking, I believe we're talking about Hydra, and some of the stuff we're talking about was about 300,000 years ago. What we're talking about now is really gets its start about 150,000 years ago, somewhere around there, anyway. We're talking about the very—I don't know—the uh, beginning, or a little bit. We're—we're we're a couple hundred thousand years off from the Thurian Age, but also just a little bit. I don't know. Probably about uh, three hundred thousand years since uh, Homo sapiens arise on the Earth. So this is humans interacting. With Mythos, that's 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 where we're getting to now. It's not just the Mythos creatures alone on Earth by themselves anymore, interacting with each other, warring with each other. Uh, Now, now there's there's uh, these these crummy little mammal things, naked apes, messing stuff up, trying to say the weird words. I don't know. Almost uh, treating the Mythos like a cargo cult. Maybe if they can do the things that they see the, uh, the greater beings doing, that they too can control the powers that are Azathoth, and things beyond the comprehension of the mortal mind. And welcome to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos, a bi-weekly, I don't know, audio magazine, a podcast about the Cthulhu Mythos. All right, let's do this. So we've, we've spoke about Lynn Carter before, and this is all about the Cthulhu mythos and H.P. Lovecraft, but what about the Zothic Legends cycle, a a series of short stories by Lynn Carter that are based off of H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos, primarily The Call of Cthulhu and Out of Eons, which we've talked about. I've read it to you, so no excuses if you don't know what I'm talking about here. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go, go back to that episode. I believe it's episodes 39 and 40, but I could be wrong. So go to pgttcm.podbean.com, look at the big list. I don't know if I have everything on iTunes these days, but hey, you'll find out. iTunes and Twitter is where we keep everything. So the Zothic legend cycle is centered on a trinity of deities known to be the Sons of Cthulhu. Which would be Gathenothoa, who we've gone over before, Yathogtha, and Zoth-Omog, which I can't remember if I've gone over Zoth-Omog or not, but I know that Yathogtha I have not done before. So there's five stories that make up the cycle in chronological order. They are Dweller in the Tomb from 1971, Out of Ages 1975, Horror in the Galaxy 76, Thing in the Pit 1980, and The Winfield Heritance, which is 1981. All these stories are found and collected with others in the Zothic Legends Cycle, the complete mythos fiction of Lynn Carter. I have that book. I love that book. I highly recommend that book. If this was an episode about that particular book, I would tell everyone, go out, go out and get uh, the Zothic Legends Cycle from Chaosium. It's one of the older Legend Cycle books. I believe it is edited by Robert M. Price. So I could be wrong. I could be right. Who knows? Originally, Carter had assembled some of these stories for a volume he planned to call the Terror Out of Time stories that have been included in this collection included The Dweller in the Tomb, The Winfield Inheritance, zoth Omog, later to be renamed uh, The Terror Out of Time, out of ages, and from the outside. The collection was submitted to DAW Books and Arkham House, but was unpublished in Carter's Lifetime. Sothomog originally titled The Horror in the Gallery, was submitted in the original uh, edition uh, The Disciples of Cthulhu, but was omitted from the Chaosium reprint. However, the story appears under the original title in the Zothic Legend cycle, which I mentioned before. Them from outside was scheduled to appear in an issue of Crypt of Cthulhu as concerning Them from outside. The cycle includes various elements such as the Xanthu tablets, the Panape scripture, or is it Panape? I think it's Panape. I think it's Panape. Scripture. Father Ubb and the Yugs, not a new wave band or a crummy jazz outfit. Father Ubb and the Yugs. We'll, we'll go into them a little bit later. And two new old ones, Yathogatha and Zothamog. The cycle also features the fictional Sanborn Institute of Pacific Antiquities, perhaps Lynn Carter's answer to the Miskatonic University. The Lost Continent of Moo also features prominently in the cycle as do the events that lead up to its sinking. So let's talk about these sons of Cthulhu, who they are, where they're from. So Car- Carter's Demon Trilogy is Yetho uh, Yatho'gatha, and Zothamog, um, Spawned on the planet near the double star Zoth. And let's talk about Zoth for just a little tiny bit right here. So the spawn of Cthulhu came down from the remote an ultra-terroric Zoth, the dim double green star that glitters like a demonic eye in the blackness beyond abyss. Lynn Carter out of ages. Zoth is the green binary star where Cthulhu and his ilk once lived before coming to Earth, according to the Zothic legend cycle. It is where Cthulhu mated with Idya to beget Gathadathoa, Yothogatha, and Zoth Amog. Zoth is also the native home to Yikinzikining and Zesty Gemezi. and was the temporary home uh, to the latter's husband, Gisguth. Zesty Gemezi, the matriarch of the Swarm, and uh, the mother of Sothogwa. So if you've heard that name before, that's why. Sothogwa later went on to live on Yagath. Afterward, he fled to Sirinosh to escape Uh, Kazakuluth's cannibalistic eating habits. Zoth may be the star Cirrus, since Zoth is similar to Sothius, the Egyptian name for the star. However, it is more likely that Zoth coincides with the star Zoth in Clark Ashton Smith's writings. Gathanathoa is said to be firstborn of Cthulhu. He is infamous for his horrid appearance and fearsome Medusa-like ability, which causes the viewer's skin to become hard and leathery, but preserves the brain, leaving the victim to go slowly mad, trapped within an immobile shell. We've talked about Gathenothoa previously in the episode about the Out of Eons with H.P. Lovecraft and Hazel Hill. Gathogatha is the second son of Cthulhu and resembles a gigantic humanoid frog or deep one, with one, mm, with only a singular eye in the center of his forehead like a cyclops. A dense mane and a beard of writhing tentacles grow from its head. Although never fully described in Carter's own stories, Ythogatha is incredibly large, and when the sorcerer-priest Xanthu attempted to free Ythogatha from his prison, he mistakes the gods' clawed slimy fingertips for mountainous heads. The older gods imprisoned Ythogatha in the Abyss of He. He is served by the Planarian like Yugs and their lord Ub, the father of worms. Yithogatha's legend is chronicled in the Xanthu tablets. A brief summary of the Xanthu tablets is, they first appeared in The Dweller in the Tomb, 1971, by Lynn Carter. The centerpiece of the story is the discovery of the tablets, which are an important part of Carter's Zothic legend cycle. The tablets themselves are 12 engraved pieces of black jade inscribed by Xanthu a wizard and high priest of Yithogathah. They are written in a hieratic form of Nakal, the language of the sunken continent of Mu. The tablets reveal a partial history of Mu, describing Xanthu's struggle against the rising cult of Gathinothoa and his own religion's lamented decline. He also describes his failed attempt to release the god Yithogathah from its prison. Upon witnessing three black, beaked, slimy heads, vaster than any mountain rising from a gorge. He flees in terror when he realizes that they are merely the gods' fingertips. According to Xanthu, he and some of his people escaped the destruction of Mu, which was sunk by the wrath of the Elder Gods. In 1913, guided by the Ponap script, Harold Hadley Copland led an expedition into Indochina to locate the plateau of Tsang, and to find the tomb of Xanthu. After other members of the expedition died or deserted him, Copeland passed on, eventually reaching his goal. Opening the tomb, he was horrified to discover that the mummified face of Xanthu resembled his own. Later wandering into a Mongolian outpost, a starving and raving Copeland was the only survivor of the expedition. Zothamog is the third son of Cthulhu. He has a cone-shaped body, a razor-fanged reptilian head like that of a Tyrannosaurus rex, four broad, flat starfish-like arms with suckers, and a mane of tentacles. How he swims or walks on the ocean floor is unknown, but it is possible that he has a slug-like foot familiar to that of the great race of Yith. Zothomog was imprisoned by the Elder Gods beneath the seabed near... Panap and Ralier. Like his older brother, Gatha, Zothamog is served by Father Ub and the Yugs. Zothamog's legend is chronicled in Rally text and the Panop scripture. The Sanborn Institute of Pacific Antiquities is featured in the Dweller of the Tomb where it debuted. Out of Ages, The Horror in the Gallery. The Institute is an anthropological research facility dedicated to the study of the cultures of the Pacific. It is based in Santiago, California, and was founded by the son of the late Carlton Sanborn II, whose father was a magnet in the tuna-packing industry. Each story of this cycle is set in the early 20th century and is told from the point of view of a scholarly narrator. Each narrator in turn becomes the protagonist of the next story in the series. We've got The Dweller in the Tomb. The first story in the cycle introduces Harold Hadley Copland, a noted archaeologist in the study of Pacific culture. The story is narrated by Henry Stevenson Blaine, PhD, and curator of the manuscripts collection of the Sanborn Institute. The story consists primarily of the Journal entries of Professor Copland and details of the ill-fated Copland-Ellington expedition into Central Asia in 1913, of which Copland was the only survivor. Out of Ages introduces the Zothic legend cycle, a theory first proposed by Harold Hadley Copland. The story also features the Panape figure, a sinister statuette depicting Zothamog, the dweller in the deeps. The horror in the gallery, uh, the story originally titled Zoth O'Mog, revolves around the Ponap figurine and the efforts of the protagonist to dispose of it. The story features Lovecraft's Miskatonic University. In the story, Zoth O'Mog, like his father Cthulhu, can enter a person's dreams and cause the victim to go mad. But to do so, the subject must be near one of his statues. One such statue was recovered from the seafloor of Ponap and brought to Professor Harold Hadley Copeland, a brilliant but eccentric archaeologist who was researching the Zothic legend cycle. After Professor Copeland dies in a psychiatric hospital, the statue is taken to the Sanborn Institute of Pacific Antiquities to be displayed. The press dubs it the Ponap figurine, though rumors claim it is cursed. However, unbeknownst to the museum's curator of manuscript collections, Dr. Henry Stevenson Blaine, the statue is sentient and soon drives him insane. One night, a Deep One disguised as a sailor breaks into the Institute, steals the figurine. After killing the Night Watchman, the Deep One is about to take the statue when he is interrupted by Dr. Blaine's young aide, Arthur Wilcox Hodgkins. Hodgkins flings an elder's sign Star Stone at the statue, destroying it. The resulting explosion also kills the Deep One. As fate would have it, Hodgkins is charged with the murder of the Night Watchman because of the body of the Deep One has dissolved into a pool of slime and soon evaporated just after a few hours later, leaving no trace. Except for some badly charred clothing, Hodgkins is judged incurably insane and confined to the Dunhill Institute, where his mentor and close friend Dr. Blaine is also incarcerated. As a final twist, Hodgkins is dubbed the last victim of the curse of the Ponap figurine. The Thing in the Pit is the fourth story in the cycle, and chronicles the events that led to the destruction of Mu. Xanthu, high priest of Yathogatha plots to dispose of the cult of Gathanathoa after the priests outlawed all other religions in Mu. The cult of Gathenothoa was the dominant religion in Mu following the defeat of Tyog, high priest of Shugnigaroth, who had sought to vanquish the tyranny of Gathanathoa forever. I believe we talked a little bit about that in Out of Eons. Xanthu had hoped to outscathanothoa's cult by freeing the god Yothogatha from the abyss of Yich, where the Elder Gods had imprisoned him. This act of blasphemy did not go unnoticed by the Elder Gods, who destroyed Mu and sank it beneath the sea. Xanthu himself abandoned the ritual and fled after discovering the true nature of the god, whose size is measurable only in miles. Following the destruction of Mu, Xanthu and his followers fled to the plateau of Tsang and Inner Mongolia, where they later died. Before his death, Xanthu inscribed his story on the Xanthu Tablets, a series of ten or twelve black jade tablets, which also included the sacred rituals and mysteries of Yathogatha. The final story in the cycle is the Winfeld Heritance, and is only loosely tied to the other stories the story reveals the true nature of the yugs and the hero of the lurker of the threshold becomes a mythos worshipper in this tale yugs well whew, i don't know if i should talk about yugs in this episode i think i'll save yugs for another episode so that's the very basics of the uh, the zothic cycle Hey, it's that holiday season. Know someone who likes audiobooks? Have an excruciably long airplane flight or road trip with family members that you don't want to take but you have to? AudibleTrial.com backslash PGTTCM. You know what? They've got over 180,000 books to choose from. It's super easy. Just sign up, get a month free. It's like 15 bucks worth of stuff pretty cool audibletrial.com slash pgttcm right now i've been listening to cthulhu armageddon i believe that's it i don't recall the author's name i don't have a piece of paper in front of me right now i don't have a other screen up and i don't feel like looking for it but it's a post-apocalyptic western a post-apocalyptic western about the cthulhu mythos and The Fall of Humanity. And it's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. I'm only about, I think, six chapters into it, seven chapters into it. But yeah, it's pretty good. I really, I, I recommend it. It's very poppy and punching people and people getting shot. And people blowing up. And this cultist has an amulet that reflects bullets. It's, it's, it's goofy. It's hokey. It's I, I I'm not 100% sure if it's super, supposed to be super serious. I don't think it is. But it's good. It's it's very pulpy. It's very very pulpy. So yeah. I think it's called Cthulhu Armageddon or Armageddon Cthulhu. Check it out either way. I'm sure if it's Cthulhu Armageddon and Armageddon Cthulhu's out there, they appreciate the press. So Cthulhu Armageddon or Armageddon Cthulhu on Audible. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Alright. Back to the show. An accepted theory exists that millions of years ago, a celestial, catastrophic occurrence wiped out every living thing on the planet. This theory may be flawed. Fast forward to the 21st century. A handful of scientists allied with the military discover a massive network of tunnels beneath the Mojave Desert. Below lies an ancient survivor waiting, and it's hungry. Once again, Byron Craft drags us by his tentacles into a masterful mix of Lovecraftian science fiction, mystery, that fantasy, and horror. Shoggoth is Kraft's second book in a planned five-part mythos series.
1: Byron Kraft has become my favorite author. This one is a must-read. Scott P. Bedato. Strip LV Magazine. Byron Kraft knows his Lovecraft, and I am excited to be involved with him on this latest book. Eric Lofgren, artist. www.ericlofgren.net Byron Craft is an enigma. Little is known about him. Some say he is older than the Earth. Some say he was never born. What eerie and awful conclusion of astral events brought forth this writer of horror we may never know or fully comprehend. I can only urge you to find out for yourself. And the only key to explain him are his writings. But to sum up Byron Craft in one sentence, the phrase, read the work of Byron Craft, it is the only cure to the madness his writings inflict comes to mind. Tom Sullivan, www.darkageproductions.com, The Book of the Dead, as seen in the cult horror classic, The Evil Dead and The Evil Dead 2. That is what
0: is written on the back cover of Shoggoth by Byron Kraft. Byron Kraft, I would say, is a very good Lovecraftian author. I, I really enjoy his writings. I put him right up there with Lynn Carter. And there's, there's some aspects of his work that remind me of the parts that I like of August Derleth. You know, the parts that I really like about Lynn Carter. And some of his team-up stuff with other writers in the past when Lovecraft kind of takes something and rewrites it on his own. But Shoggoth. It's spooky, it's atmospheric, it has a sense of mystery. And even if you are well-versed in the mythos, you're still like, what? Huh? It's, it's a good book. I really recommend it. It's highly recommended. If I had a seal of approval, I need to come up with a seal of approval. That's really cool. I would put it on this thing. Byron Craft, this, this particular book is really good. There's, uh, there's stuff that I like about it. There's stuff that I don't like about it. The stuff that I don't like about it is so minuscule that it's like not even worth mentioning. What I love about this book? The story. I like the characters. I like how it all moves. I like how it's structured and how it's put together. You know, I don't necessarily always like to go about the plots, but this is about a shaga. This is about how the US military would deal with the Shoggoth. This is the history of the Shoggoth and where the Shoggoth comes from. This is a really, really good book and, I mean, I'm gonna, you know, when it comes to like Lovecraftian canon, what stuff is and where it comes from and how things function and what it might do. I'm going to be stealing ideas for, from this for like Call of Cthulhu RPGs for years. This it, it, it feels like a Delta Green game. It's it's really good. It's really good. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if uh, Adam Scott Glancy, I'm sure if ASG read this, he'd be like pooping his pants and being like, I got to play this game. If you have read his other book, The Cry of Cthulhu, uh, it's. It feels a lot like the f- the force the fourth section, the very kind of like actiony mythos, and if that's your deal, if you like that kind of stuff, it's really good. It's not necessarily always my cup of tea, but I like this. This is like uh, I don't know. It's 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 not what I generally go for, but I like it. I like the way he writes. Pick it up. Go go to. I I think I have a link on my website that'll take you right to the Amazon page if you wanted to pick it up. But yeah, I highly recommend it. If you like it, you know, it's good. It's good. You should you should buy one for someone someone you know or, you know, re-gift the copy that you just got and read and be like, Oh hey, Merry Christmas. Here's Shagoth by Byron Craft. I guarantee you'll like it. Like if you have a friend who really likes Hellboy but you want to get into the Cthulhu Mythos but you know, get, get get him this. Get him this or Cthulhu Armageddon, which I talked about earlier, and like nudge him a little bit more over to the, you know, being into the Cthulhu Mythos. Shoggoth. I really like it. It's really fun. Shoggoth by Byron Craft. Um, I believe he has a website you can go to. To check out his books, you can go to ByronCraftBooks.com, that's B-Y-R-O-N-C-R-A-F-T-B-O-O-K-S dot C-O-M. All right. And if you are looking for a really good editor for your next book, this is, this is an open letter for anyone out there, contact me. And I'll get you in touch with my good friend, Andrew Grace, who's quite an accomplished editor. He's really good at it. What did we learn? We, we learned about Cthulhu's sons. Maybe one of these days we'll talk about Cthulhu's daughter. We, I don't know, we uh, we did cool stuff. We, we talked about Shoggoth, and we talked about Ironcraft, and we talked about... How cool of a book Shogath is. And what else did we talk about? We talked about Zoth, Cthulhu's homeworld, and also the homeworld of my 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 deity, Sothagua. And yeah, we had a good time. I had a good time. I don't know about you. Uh, still I I hope the audio quality on this is good enough for everyone. I've kind of patched together what I can, and yeah, I hope this works for now. But I'm not very mobile. I'm kind of tethered to one spot with my current rig. So if you want to donate to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos, go to pgttcm.com and punch the big yellow donate button, which is what the color it is now when this episode was recorded on Monday, November twenty-eighth, two thousand. Sixteen. This is the sixtieth episode. This was edited and produced by DB Spitzer, and music by Kevin McLeod. I don't think I'll be putting any of my music in this anymore. And that's it. People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos is created with a Creative Commons license. Uh, share and share alike. Um, if you use it, attribute it. Is that is that how that word's said? All right. So, thank you again, and special thanks to all the fine folks at Chaosium for creating all the Myth Cycle books, even though they still won't give me a discount. And also, uh, super duper special thanks to Byron Craft for writing his awesome books and being a super cool guy. And you can go to ByronCraftBooks.com and find out more about him. He's on the Facebook and he's on the Twitter. I don't remember the handles and I'm not his promoter. Alright, thank you so much for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. (laughs) Thank you for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. I have been your host D.B. Spitzer and I am now going to get some much needed sleep because I've been making donuts and I'm really really tired because I'm recording this at like in intervals between naps and I didn't get enough sleep. So I hope I'm not Too much of a jerk. All right.